and he shall set you free. We're sorry. Gospel records ain't selling no more. It's originals the kids want. They don't want to hear songs that they can hear in church. Sir, it's not a gospel song. It's a new arrangement. It's not about the arrangement, kid. It's just not new. Sorry. Thank you for coming in. It's originals you want? The church bells, they were ringing. The clouds were low and brown. The horses, they were neighing. The day Robert Palin's shot me down. Follow my lead, N.G. He rode into town on a jet black mare, spat and hitched her to a tree. He made his way to the town saloon the day Robert Palin's murdered me. It was also the night that the skeletons came to life. They came from under the ground and from all over the... Palin's grabbed the preacher's daughter. He aimed to shoot her at my crown. He cocked that crooked hammer back and he brought that hammer down. Exactly, the bones are the skeleton's money. In our world, bones equal dollars. That's why they're coming out tonight to get their bones from you. The skeletons will pull your hair up, but not out. All they want's another chance at life. They've never seen so much food as this. Undergrounders have as much food as this. And the worms are their money. The bones are their dollars. And the the bullet ripped inside my chest. The clouds, they did storm. My sweet Marie, she cried for me. And then I was no more. And it was all the night that the skeletons came to life. The bones are their money. So are the worms. They pull your hair up, but not out to turn into a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. Yes! What the hell was that, man? I had a whole song wrote. What? I honestly thought we were just making that up. What are you talking about? They were interested till you started talking about all that skeleton stuff. Are you kidding me? The guy asked for something spooky. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He said, gospel's not selling. Give me something spooky. You talked about how their bones were money like four times. Yeah, that's because I had forgot whether I had said it or not. I, sir, look, we know our song's good. We got a deal or not. Well, we were a little more interested in the parts Billy was singing. Uh, Billy as in me or Billy as in him? Your name's Billy too? No, that's why I'm so fucking confused. I meant that Billy. Arnold A. Well, that's not very interesting. Noah Beaver. Hello, three. testing. Check. One, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Yes. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like, might be a man. I don't know. Uh, smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be, be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. What the fuck's going on? Talk to me. It's abs and a six pack. Caleb and I are here today. I'm Chris Hello. Arnold. Caleb is Caleb Stevenson, and we're joined by that's, Billy Bones. That's right. In the morning. In the morning. Did you like In that? In the morning. I was watching that show last night. I think you should leave. 
and since I knew you were coming on, they had the whole clip. Of, it not only included the name Billy, but it was about skeletons and bones. And I was like, well, this is perfect. So I opened it with that. That song was awesome. I know. It was cracking up the whole time. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> <laughs> the bones are their money. The worms are their dollars. <laughs> so, uh, Billy, man, what's going on? You said you're in the Seattle area, so I, I guess you got to witness some of the Chaz Chop stuff firsthand, right? I I am in the Seattle area. Uh, I'm outside of Seattle, and I don't go to downtown Seattle much, and sadly I didn't go get firsthand reporter knowledge on that chaz or chop but i was i'm tuned into local radio so i get to hear a lot about uh what's going on you're probably better off Less, not going oh yeah uh i was talking to a customer the other day and they wanted to go to downtown seattle just to figure out what was going on get a first-hand view of it and they were questioning which car to take they didn't want to take their tiny little sedan because in case there was a protest and people decided to surround them uh, so they decided to take their, their big truck and driving a big truck in Seattle is a terrible idea because the streets suck. It's all <laughs> one ways, uphills, downhills, and it it's not pleasant. You get a, a city bus driving by you and you're like, these lanes are tiny, man. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know, not, I know it gets cherry picked, but the, uh, the videos I saw out of Chaz, it's like, Ooh, it's like Antifa, like sh- this driver was coming by, and they just like stop him and then shoot him in the head. It's like, oh god, <laughs> I know that can happen anywhere, uh, but yeah, that was that uh, that was the final straw supposedly for the mayor uh, because this uh, practice in self policing didn't seem to work out so well when uh, the volunteered police apparently do worse than the uh, what they're protesting against. Yeah, yeah. beating up reporters and. There's like that 16-year-old oh, yeah. kid that got shot. And, yeah. As far as uh, reporters go, it was reported here a lot before you started hearing it more on the national level. But any local reporter that wanted to go in and record and act, you know get their voices out there, get their demands heard, they're like, no, no recording. And if okay. you went there and tried to record yourself, again, uh, uh, secondhand knowledge on this, but and you saw a scuffle... People would stand in front of people recording so no one could witness the scuffle so that way there would be no ramifications for any individuals involved in said scuffle. Yeah, and uh, I've been talking to wow. Tom Starkweather. I know Adam Curry brought it up told on No Agenda. He told Tom's story, but because Tom's uh, he was on our podcast not too long ago. He's a photojournalist, and he was they tried to set up like an autonomous zone in Manhattan, and Tom was just down there taking pictures of it, and they started getting onto him about it. It's like, no pictures. <laughs> you know, you're, you're out there to spread a message, to bring a point to something, and if you don't want that message heard, then fine, don't have photos and whatnot, and then therefore don't expect your message to get out. My, my sympathy is limited with these people. I understand the uh, anger. I understand the abuse of police on a certain level. But when you're you're looting and pillaging more or less and destroying private business, I think you've lost your message. And anybody who's out there actively protesting, doing the peaceful bit, and they see people destroying things, I think citizens of rest should be kicking in. But no one wants to do that because then you're taking away from the message somehow. 
I, I don't get it. It's, you know, I, they're a little bit too liberal for me. You know, nothing against it. You got to have some progressive movement, but at a certain level, you have to rein in uh, movements. You can't let the children rule the house. Definitely. Um, so what's the rest of Seattle like? Is this like just limited to where the Chaz Chop Zone is, or does the rest of Seattle feel the same way? Uh, that's a that's a good question. We have it's an interesting mix since uh, Trump became president. There are definite pockets that actively became known that they're a little bit more on the conservative side, mm-hmm. but we have a strong centralized uh, left leaning group. And like for the masks before uh, Lord Inslee, the governorship of his assholeness. Uh, decided to mandate masks everywhere. Uh, You'd see a handful of people wearing them, but a lot of people weren't. And then now Mm -hmm. that they're mandated, it's closer to about 40 to 60, 40% not wearing the masks until they're asked or told to. But uh, like I said, I'm I'm outside of Seattle, so I get a little bit different perspective. But I know once you go into Seattle, uh, that's liberal central. I mean, they even they painted a crosswalk rainbow colors in the uh, Capitol Hill neighborhood where Chaz took out was where for gay pride. And the city came in, said, you're not allowed to paint the sidewalk. And so they painted over the or not the sidewalk, but the crosswalk. And the city came in and repainted it. So it became official. And that was fifteen thousand dollars of taxpayer money granted for the, oh from God. the city. But, you know, you can't paint it. We'll paint it. They, all they did was paint it the same. <laughs> you guys remember when Alex Jones a couple years back was walking around downtown Seattle and like everybody was on the live stream, everybody was harassing him. That dude like dumped coffee on him and then some guy was flipping him off and he chases him across the street. <laughs> He's like, Seattle, a- Seattle's run by demons. It's all hey, demons. Trump here. even no- said that... Uh- uh, Jay fucking Inslee is a, a snake, and it's true. Yeah, he and I his little pit bull Bob Ferguson, the, our attorney general, go out there and sue you for not selling flowers to a gay wedding, but he'll completely ignore anything else that's actually actually constitutional. Did Soros fund their a, campaigns like uh, he does most mayors and DAs like that? Uh, the the Democratic politicians here are lockstep with the Democratic Party. I'm willing to bet they take orders from Nancy Pelosi and whoever she gets orders from. Yeah. It's it's disgusting. There's no free thought within the uh, the establishment politicians I see here. I just realized I forgot to uh, ask the most important question. Uh, what's everybody drinking on today? I myself have a Sweetwater IPA I just popped open. Got myself oh, a right Miller Lite. Just a... Ooh. Not a bad Miller. choice on either one of your parts. I'm going with uh, just some water right now. I'm going to pop open a Corona in just a second. Nice. A Corona light, to be exact. Good deal. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Thanks again, Billy, cheers. for coming on. But I, by the way, I have to applaud you for uh, your podcast, A Walk Through the Mind. Uh, it's billybones.com, right? Where the, the E is a three. That's correct. Yeah. Like, doing a solo podcast is so intimidating. I did one of them. And 
like like Bill Burr does it. A couple other people do it, but like just being just having to not have anybody else to bounce ideas off of is. I, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing because I don't think I could do it. <laughs> it it's definitely a struggle. Uh, there's a lot of times I trip over myself and fall through the end zone backwards and you know, <laughs> still get something productive made. Uh, and it, I had a buddy that was like, Oh, we got to start a podcast. We got to start a podcast. And both of our schedules are just absolute nightmares to work around. And let alone, he's got a family and I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I want to make a podcast. And, uh, so I sat down and just, I started it just doing, cause I can work around my own time. I would love to do it live, but I'm not, I'm still not as smooth as someone like Nick the Rat uh, or Bill Burr. Bill Burr's right. pretty smooth on just continuously going. Well, but Nick does it live, but he's got voicemails and songs he can play to kind of like give himself a break. So it, it is, he what Nick does is impressive, but it's not, it is a solo podcast, but it's not quite on your level. Although you don't go three hours like he does. Uh, no, and and the other point of mine being, I like mine being short because everybody already has their two and three hour podcasts, and let alone working within my schedule to fit something in. I know other people sometimes just need that 15, 20, 30 minutes of mm -hmm. something different, something to fill in the last little bit of their day, or maybe on the drive to or from work, just to, again, get those gears turning within the head. Yeah, uh, it's, it's you know. kind of like what that Larry show does. Um, he's great, too. You guys both kind of have the same format going. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been meaning to listen to him, and I, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't yet, but the interviews I've heard with him, he he seems like a really intelligent guy. Yeah, we had him on with uh, Darren O'Neill and both those guys, but especially Larry, like just the, the professional quality of their radio voice made me really intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, there's everybody doesn't have that radio voice. I'm sitting here going, I know I don't have it. But again, this is the new age. I was listening to an interview. Oh, uh, was it even an interview of uh, someone talking about being in radio back in the day, and you had to have that really specific voice or whatever? And they talked about getting their adenoidals removed, whatever those are, Whoa. to get a specific sounding voice. And within like a year or two of that question coming up to that guy, it became more okay for the, an average radio, an average voice to be heard on the radio as opposed to that network news sounding voice. And now that everybody has a podcast, everybody has their own radio show. You know, if whatever voice you have, I'm, I mean, listen to Sir Bemrose. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had a podcast, he could even pull it off. I uh, I would I would pull through and I'd listen to what that man would have to say. He's got some and any clip I get to listen to him, I'm, I'm happy to. But he's he's done like multiple hour long interviews, and the the content of what he says is good enough to where you ignore the fact that he sounds like he's choking to death the whole time. No disrespect to Mr. RFK Jr., but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's a, uh, yeah, you're right. It's a new world where you don't need the, uh, hey, everybody, <laughs> it's Winnie in the butt. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I mean, <laughs> when I was in, uh, 
when I was growing up in middle school and high school, I'm like, oh, I'd love to be a radio DJ just to play the music and whatnot. And then uh, the I took one year of college to be able to graduate high school. I'm talking to some guy in uh, the workout uh, room. He's like, what do you do? want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, something with audio. You know, be it you know producing live music or being in an audio production uh, studio for music. And it turns out that I just happened to fall upon podcasting and, you know, making my own music for the podcast as well. You yeah, know, by so the way, your music's super and fancy. Your music's nice. I, uh, I will, I'll link that in the uh, episode show notes because you got some good, some cool stuff going on. And you, uh, I don't know how long it's been since you've made one, but you, you regularly are making no agenda mixes, right? I try to. I've got a list of a couple uh, in the can that I've got to make, but it's a matter of sitting down. Finding the the tune to make, I already have the show notes for or all the the notes for pulling the audio. But yeah, I uh, have well, a lot uh, of fun doing that. Yeah, I like Do we everything have any I hear mixes from. we could listen to right now. Is uh, there anything that we could pull up in the, like the next few minutes and listen to, or by yeah, the end I of the show? I, no, I've got. I give you a uh, this one. Let, let me uh. Minute, minute and ten uh, second long song. Uh, SoundCloud wouldn't let me uh, put it up there. I'd probably click something wrong. Uh, but it's it's a uh, parody, so it should fall. Where the hell did it go? It should fall under uh, stuff that I'm allowed to do. But they decided that no, because it contains certain... Uh, clips from an actual song that I wasn't allowed to actually post it. I was kind of pissed off about that. Hmm. SoundCloud right, was go. in it? Yeah, SoundCloud pulled it. So here we go. We have a bunch of different uh, subcultures of birds around here. There's blue jays, there's crows, there's ravens, but these doves have moved in. They've never been here before, and they moved out all the songbirds. When I first heard them, I thought an owl was up here during the day. There's doves. The worst. It's driving me nuts. I'm going to get a rifle. I'm going to start picking them off. Oh, that was funky as hell. I like yeah. that. Did you send Did you send that into Adam yet? Yeah, uh, I got that in the show after that uh, conversation. I was able to pull that one together. Oh, pretty okay, quick. yeah. I, had, I thought it sounded familiar, so that's I, that's probably where I heard it already. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was a lot of fun to make. That was solid. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you yeah, want, I'm, I'm definitely going to be linking your website and your music in there. So if you have uh, some. Uh, some of your favorite mixes that you want me to put at the end of the episode to play or something, I can do that. I'll definitely be linking it all in the show notes. 
I'd say uh, go to uh, the SoundCloud website. I've got all but that one song posted up there, and if you want the actual original cuts, then uh, let me know, and you can post those in however you want. You choose whichever one you want out of those. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, we've been uh, we did that with uh, Gloof, um, Patriot J. We would, like uh, at the end of the episode, we'll usually play a couple of their songs and then link to their uh, their website and their music. So it's a it's a fun little thing that lets people kind of discover new uh, new shit like that. But yeah, man, that was a good that was a good mix. That was good. I like that. Thank you. Well, uh, shit. What else? What else is going on in the world these days? Well, that's uh, that's a good question. I mean, you uh, let let me uh, throw it over to what the, you guys are in North Carolina and Tennessee, right? Yeah, Caleb's in. Yep. Yeah, Caleb's in North Carolina. I'm in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. What part of Tennessee? Uh, right, right near Knoxville. Um, ah, my then, old stomping grounds. Really? You uh, you still live in Knoxville? Yeah, I spent about 10 years there. Uh, actual downtown Knoxville, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, our uh, our other co-host, uh, who's not here today, Noah, he lives right in the middle of downtown Knoxville right now. I'm I'm not even in Knoxville, but that's, like, I just tell people Knoxville because when I say, like, Kingston or Maryville, nobody knows what I'm talking about. No, I know where Kingston is. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, and, and then... Uh, North Carolina, well, between those two states, what's the what's the politics or the feel out there? Because Seattle's obviously making the scene, making a ruckus of things uh, in our Democratic stronghold. Uh, North Carolina, is that a blue state or is that? Um, well, it's kind of like North Carolina is kind of divided up into eastern and western North Carolina. And Western North Carolina, it's like you drive through that. That's still the mountains and stuff. You'll see rebel flags flying right underneath the American flag. You see people with like rebel flags. It's super red, like just like it's rednecks and it's real. Everybody's like real conservative. And then the closer you get to the coast, it's like before you hit the coast, though, it starts getting a little more like uh, more liberal. You start getting out there, you start seeing everybody wearing masks, you start seeing like a little more Joe Biden stuff going on. Rebel flags start start to kind of disappear. And then when you get to the coast, it is just Trump 2020 everywhere. (laughs) Like the Outer Banks is nothing but Trump 2020. Everything over there, like there's airbrushed like billboards and stuff everywhere. Everybody's got these big old boats and they're flying Trump flags. It's kind of weird because, like, in the middle, it gets liberal, and then as soon as you hit the coast again, it's just like boom. It's Ash- like all the it's the Asheville and Raleigh, heads. right? Like the big cities, especially oh, yeah, Asheville, yeah. that are very liberal. Yeah, Asheville's real progressive. Air quotes. What's your everything. governor? Uh, like a, I don't know his name. The North Carolina governor. What's he doing? Because I know Bill Lee here in Tennessee has openly vowed that he will not lock, like, shut down the Tennessee economy again, and he's also vowed that he's not going to mandate masks. Period. So what's the governor well, of North Carolina doing on that front? Well, we have a mask mandate. The governor did make a mask mandate for public places. Like if you want to go to a store or something, there's a mandate. I mean, you're that's not going to get arrested. Wide? Yeah, that's statewide. You're not going to get arrested or anything if you don't wear a mask, but the store has the right to ask you to leave um, if you're not wearing a mask. That's about it. Um yeah, there's not really anybody enforcing it besides the individual businesses. Some of them are 
enforcing it, but it's not because they're North Carolina businesses. It's just because like Walmart. So it's not really a mandate. It's just a suggestion. And it's saying that the stores have the right to ask you to leave, which is even more vague. It's pretty much like they're setting it up. It's like, look, we're putting the mandate in place. It's not a law. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to get a fine. But if we don't like the way things are going, we're going to turn this into a real thing. It's sort of like placing the groundwork for it is what it seems. And I think it's because uh, North Carolina's a big tourist place. So it's like if like uh, the tourist areas start getting hit real hard, they're going to come down on them. But so far, it doesn't seem like anything real bad's been happening. Like, I went to the Outer Banks about two weeks ago, and there was plenty of people out there. I mean, I guess on the beach, people were social distancing and stuff, but, I mean, everybody, it looked pretty full, and everybody seemed to be having a good time. So, I don't, I don't think it's going to amount to much. I, I think it's just, they're just putting it in place just in case something real bad happens with tourism, since that's, like, a big part of the economy in eastern North Carolina. Well, it's made me really happy to see all the pushback that the mandates and everything have gotten because that means there'll be like if mandating masks has gotten pushback, that means mandatory vaccines will get even more pushback, which makes me happy because like Walmart, they, they mandated masks. Like they wouldn't let me into Walmart. I guess it was a week or so ago, maybe less than that. And, uh, within a week, Walmart switched their policy and now they're not mandating masks inside. So (laughs) I, I guess enough people talked shit and complained and like said oh fuck you walmart that walmart was like okay okay fine well one of the reasons that i know is that um the employees like the just the average run-of-the-mill employees at the places were not happy with having to try to enforce the mask rules because they'd go up to a customer you know you got a dude he's making like 12 dollars an hour 13 dollars an hour to stand at a walmart all day and he's got to go up to this you know woman who or man or whatever that doesn't want to wear a mask and say like, hey, you got to leave the store because you're not wearing a mask. And then the customer freaks out on them and they got to listen to how, you know, like shitty of a person they are for 10 minutes. And they're like, man, I don't need this. I'm working at Walmart. I'm not doing this. Yeah. So that's another I think good it point. was just hard to enforce. Well, yeah, and, like and there's the another aspect. With, you're right. Well, there, there's another aspect with Walmart, Food City, Kroger, and what I don't, like uh, what's Billy, what's on the East Coast uh, Kings or whatever it's called. There's a couple of um, it's not Kroger and Food City as much. It's uh, We've got Kroger-owned businesses of Fred Meyer and QFC. I haven't been to a Kroger since since Tennessee, but we have, Kroger, like I said, Kroger-owned brands out here. There was one in Colorado when I went on my honeymoon that was all over the place. King Super, maybe? Something like that. Don't have those out here. Okay. Well, it, um, your point being, um, it seems uh, I might have lost my thought. Well, on the <laughs> on the mask topic, uh, I can appreciate uh, people wearing masks. I don't think they should be mandated. I don't believe that they work as well as people believe they do. Uh, but if it makes someone feel safer, fine. Uh, the problem with the mask mandate out here, uh, apparently you guys don't have dictators out there, so things are going better for you. Yeah. Uh, Lord, Lord J. fucking Inslee has, uh, with his mask mandate, has weaponized L&I, Labor and Industries, that if they catch a business not enforcing the mask rule, it's a $10,000 fine. Oh, my God. So the businesses are required to enforce the mask mandate as dumb as they may be. The owners may disapprove of them. 
they may look the other way, but for those that don't want to even tempt the possibility of that fine, they everybody's enforcing it. And that, and to me, this is what this is all preparation for. And uh, people like you know Alex Jones and No Agenda have been pointing this out. But I, I agree with it. Is this whole mask mandate where it's like businesses have to enforce it and you have to wear it? The next step is you have to get the COVID nineteen vaccine, multiple doses of it, or you're not allowed to go to work. You're not allowed to fly. You're not allowed into the business. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm worried about that and paying that fine. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that's a that's several steps ahead of wearing a mask. I mean, that's injecting something into your body. I mean, we've had flu vaccines for a while, and those haven't been mandated to do anything. They've no tried to mandate the, the MMR. Flu vaccines. Certain cities and counties across yeah. the United States have mandated the MMR, mandated certain other vaccines, but it's never been federally mandated, so we'll see where it goes. But that's definitely the end goal. Whether or not it's going to work is another well, thing. Seattle, but, Washington State, we've got the mandate. They took away the... Uh, uh, the the religious exemption right. from the oh, MMR, wow. which is BS because 98% of people get it. Only 1%, if that, run the chance of maybe getting infected with uh, measles. And the only people who are really at threat from catching measles are those who are not vaccinated. And as far as I'm concerned, that's your own choice. That's your That's your prerogative. Fine, it may increase a little bit for everybody else out there, but... If you catch the measles, it's not like we don't have a little thing called modern medicine to help save people in the event of a dangerous catastrophe. COVID-19, a little bit different, but at the same time, uh, numbers have been blown out of proportion. And mm. you know, have a respect for the the uh, the illness. Don't go flaunting it. You know, I'm not saying go hang out in a crowded bar, but you know, understand that life comes with risks, and and everybody's afraid of dying. I'm not I'm not trying to die, but I understand that every time I drive a car or I walk outside and the thunder and lightning's going on, there's a chance for injury, let alone going swimming in the ocean. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's just a bunch of uh I mean most of it is based on fear. Like that's the whole point of it is just to kind of blow it out of proportion so that they can use it for whatever. I'm interested to see how they're going to use these numbers whenever November rolls around, because I think both parties are going to use it to prove some kind of point. I mean, like Democrats are going to say Trump screwed it up because numbers are so high. And then the Republicans are going to, I'm just interested more what Trump's going to say and the Republicans are going to say, like, I'm well, wondering how they're going to spin it on, back. On either side of the coin, the, the numbers are correct and the narrative is correct. The problem is people aren't willing to, cross over and look at information from another person's perspective. You know, we're all locked into either our Fox News or our MSNBC, and that's all we're willing to accept because those people tell the truth and no one else tells the truth. When, as a matter of fact, everybody needs to actually tune in, listen to someone they hate, listen to the numbers, and they don't have to agree with them, But it and it should be more than just one other source. But a cross, cross-section of information uh should be something more of what we all do but we're too involved in our netflix and our youtubes to break that cycle it's boring to do research school 
growing up in school didn't help. Public schooling didn't help. Whereas uh, with college, you get that little bit more incentive to go out and actually investigate more or less prove your point. So, yeah. But again, that's, yeah. yeah. Sorry, soapbox. No, you're right. No, you're you're 100% right. Yeah, you 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to actually start this clip. I was looking for this because I played this for uh, Parker when he was on our podcast, my buddy Parker, dude. He's a fairly left wing, but there's this professor in Ireland, uh, John Waters, not to be confused with the uh, director, John Waters, like the dude with the pencil mustache, different guy, but he, uh, his, his take on um, why the masks are being enforced globally now, after the pandemic has already died down, was pretty interesting. I think you guys, even though um, a lot of people would consider this over over the top, I think his analysis of the mandated masks is pretty spot on. You know, we're we're in a situation where absurdly and and ludicrously a government is ridiculously claiming that it is interested in saving lives and protecting people's health and is harassing a man with a health disability and dragging him into court because he refused to bend the knee to this tyranny but also think think about the fact that at the very height of this alleged pandemic back in april there was no talk of compulsory masks In all of May, when the, 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 the figures were dying away to nothing, there was no talk of compulsory May marks. In, in June, when there were no cases virtually at all, there was no talk of compulsory no. masks. Now, when it's all, it's all it's but gone. disappeared, it's gone. It's, gone. it's gone. it's gone. They are now bringing in compulsory masks. And the reason for that is they need visible evidence of terror. Yes. They need to create a visibility of the terror that they want to inculcate in the people. And that's why this is so important to them. These are really sinister people we're dealing with now. These are people that we previously thought of as people of our own kind, these politicians. We thought, but we have to start thinking of them now as alien beings, as hostile beings to the Irish people. They are the enemies of the Irish people. Clearly, they are intent, because the mask is a way of denying the very human face of the person. It is a way of taking away the individual, unique humanity of each person and turning us all into zombies and restoring us to a kind of animal state so that we no longer will look at each other coming down the street as Tom or Mick or Mary, my friend, my sister, my brother, but instead as a, as a, as a, as a, a festering mess of bacteria and viruses, which is a danger to my health. Oh, <laughs> you know, I have to get out of the way. This is what they are turning the human person into with this this whole this is i'm not saying that our people are responsible for thinking this up they don't have the brains for that or anything but this is what they're implementing this is the thinking behind it to destroy the spirit of the human person the individuality the personality the conscience the character of the human person that is what this project is about i really like even though it's a little far-fetched i really like the analysis of when everybody's wearing a mask they become less human you don't recognize it's like everybody becomes part of the borg almost i uh, i thought that was pretty cool that take on it yeah i i can see that and as far as uh masks go i uh put in an order a while ago and finally got uh my disorder designs uh masks i got a 1984 one and a slave one yeah i got and, the uh, uh this is bullshit and uh this mask is as useless as our governor are the two masks i bought 
Yeah. And when, you know, people, the stores go in, you got to put your mask on. I flip that up and uh, they just look at me like, oh, oh, you're one of those people kind of, you know, if you're going to make me wear it. I'm going to make a statement. Yeah. 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 Like, I like and they the get uncomfortable. video. Yeah. I like the idea in that video that the it's a visual representation of terror and of uh, like basically what it's like. You need to be scared right now. You need to fear for your life. And everywhere you go, you need to see it. You need to see that everybody else is scared mm -hmm. and fearing for their life. And you need to do what we say. I like yeah. the idea behind that because that makes a lot of sense as to why you would mandate something like masks because of the visual representation and the constant visual representation of the fear you need to feel from the yeah. government. And it's a great social experiment, too, because we can see, like, okay, if we have something else down the curb, let's use this as a trial run to see the percentage of the, not just American populace, but the global populace. Let's see the percentage of people that are going to wear masks without question, and not only that, but shame people who aren't wearing masks. It's a great physical, visual representation of who is an independent thinker and who's not. And that's not to say that you that you're dumb if you wear a mask. I have no problem with you wearing a mask, but once you start shaming people for not wearing a mask, once you support mandates, that's where it gets into uh, a 1984 type scenario in my book. Well, people people have forgotten that at least here in the United States, the government is for the people, by the people, of the people. These people are there to represent us, not to actively enforce things even though that's partial the partial rule of a government is there to protect the citizens and it becomes an issue when trump's out there saying this invisible enemy so now we have this invisible enemy that we're going to war with <laughs> uh and so now again the government's here to protect you people again forget that it's it's not there to instill the community interest it's there to uh protect the nation i guess I lost where I was going. When you, well, just to kind of uh, piggyback on what you just said, is there, when Trump says we're at war with an invisible enemy, do you think there's a chance that that has a double meaning? And to one, in one lens, he's talking about coronavirus, but through the another lens, maybe the invisible enemy is the deep state? Uh, I don't know, because that was at towards the beginning of this outbreak and all those press conferences. Uh, all I heard. Uh, it that's a that's a good analysis. But all I heard with, uh, that invisible enemy scenario was, uh, it was too shady of a statement. And while it may be that we're he's out there playing that 4D chess to, no, it's oust 10D, the, bro. It's 10D, 40s baby <laughs> baby play. <laughs> but out there to oust the uh to drain the swamp more or less. Uh, we can. I, I've got no problem signing into. To that one but again that just the way i heard it and the way i saw the majority of people taking it uh i don't think it played out as well as as that uh q-spiracy <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like saying the invisible enemy too is so broad that pretty much whatever you want to assign to it you can right and you can really dig into it like what's the q thing like, couldn't you just believe that's what he's talking about, even though he's never really said that? I mean, he said he wants to drain the swamp, and he's talked a little bit about Deep State and stuff, but he's never really done a whole lot with all of that. He keeps saying it, but he hasn't really done 
too much when it comes to that. Well, so it now, seems like it could just do you be think, a talking uh, point. Do you think Maxwell and Epstein would have been arrested under another administration? Absolutely um, not. Uh, definitely not under a Clinton administration, no. Yeah, so no, Trump's, uh, Trump's DOJ does seem like they're making moves. Now, th that could be uh, controlled opposition because maybe, like, I think Epstein's still alive, so it could all just be a, a show. And uh, Yeah, it, it could have been a case where Epstein had a bunch of dirt on the people in power right now. Maybe Trump right. or anybody else that's in power, and so this was just a move to get rid of him. Bar to publicly shame and then get rid of him. Yeah, I ties to him. I am yeah, uh, I'm literally rocking back and forth at this point, so I'm gonna take a leak and grab another beer, but y'all talk amongst yourself. I'll be back. All right. <laughs> All right. So so was that you uh a couple episodes ago that was questioning uh Trump's announcement of draining the swamp? Yes. Yeah, like I, I've really not seen too much evidence of that actually happening, in my opinion. Well, let me let me give you this. Okay. And it's from, uh, I wish I need to pull the audio, but during Trump's inaugural uh, speech, when he, he said that uh, this is the day uh, America gets its uh, government back, and mm. love or hate Trump, I don't, I don't care which side of the fence anybody falls on that. He, he's a hateable guy, and he cheer him on for what he's doing. But he, again, he said that, said that this is the day you get your, your country back. And what yeah. that is going to do is it's going to entice and inspire people to get into government. Uh, here in Washington State, we have 30 people running in the primaries to become governor. And before that, you might have seen maybe four. And so uh, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green, whichever party, everybody is now actively trying to get involved in government so that way they can instill the values that they believe are to happen. Whereas beforehand, all we had were just the select few politicians. And what Donald Trump has shown is that the average Joe, more or less, can get into politics and can make a difference. So you don't have to agree with him, but in, in the long run, this is... This is an absolute fantastic time, uh, again, to remind people that it is their job to get involved. It is their job to uh, become a part of politics uh, so yeah, that way right. everything flows correctly. And while the, you don't just pull the uh, plug and drain a 900-acre gallon or whatever swamp, it will be drained. It's not going to be drained by the end of his uh, term, be it this year or in four years. But it will, we, I do see us on a positive path outside of this absolutely rough patch of the establishment getting angry that uh, one of the unelect, one of the non blue bloods made it into the office. Okay. I see what you're saying. It's like um, he has at least started, he's pulled a plug. On the swamp, and it showed. I see what you're saying. He showed that a non-politician, someone who's not entrenched in the system, can get into the system and can do something about it. And I do agree with that. But I feel like the the message that he brought is not. He brought a very powerful message when he was first running and trying to get elected, 
and it was all about drain the swamp. I'm going to put Hillary in jail. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then he actually gets into office and what he actually has done has been incredibly underwhelming to me to what I wanted to see. I thought it was going to be like a revolutionary thing. And it just, to me, I did not see it. I think he has done good things and I think he has pushed people in a direction where they can see that just the common man and just normal people or at least non-politicians can get into government and make changes. But it seems to be like he got into the machine and he realized he could not do as much from inside the machine as he thought he could do. And Well, that's the point of government. Government is not supposed to be fast. The only thing that's supposed to be fast is a trial. And I don't know if you've ever been to court, but that shit takes forever. Yes, I, I'm somewhat aware, yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, the government is not meant to move fast. And to our detriment on things like technology, that hurts us. But at the same time, it also protects us from one person coming in there and messing it up for everyone. Kind of like the executive mm. orders. We saw that abuse and now it's attempted to get reined back. You know, Donald Trump is the one that made people actually sit there and question who has control of the nuclear codes. When I was sitting there asking that years ago before I was actively politically involved, politically researched, it's like we have all this freedom of power across more than one branch. And no, everyone's sitting there going, well, my guy's going to be in there next time and it's not going to be a problem. And now it's a problem. And that's a, it's again, it's a fantastic time for him to be in there and everybody to be sitting there going, why did we let all this, all these powers happen? And again, it's the message I agree was uh, uh, powerful and made it seem like he was going to do things tomorrow. But we have to remember this isn't an episode of NCIS. It doesn't happen within a half hour time frame. You can't just drive to the other side of LA in 30 seconds and you know <laughs> dissect a crime scene. And yeah. You know, and maybe that's to the detriment because a lot of people, like we mentioned earlier, only re refuse to check out other sources. They only believe the one source. And if they're not willing to take the dive and actively involve themselves, they're not going to see that. And they're only going to see, well, he did do these things, but he he said he was going to get Hillary in jail. Now, if you look at uh, the Epstein arrest and the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell arrest, you could sit there and go, that's actually a stepping stone towards them. Do I think Clinton, either of the Clintons are going to jail? Absolutely not. They've got too much protection and power. But yes. will it affect any future individuals that choose to partake in those uh, activities? Absolutely. And then you will no longer have uh, the blackmail ability or the ability to abuse people or children. Uh, allegations, obviously. Uh in the future and so it's we we just all have to remember it's a little bit slower than when what we want but if he gets uh elected in 2020 i guarantee by the end of 2024 you're going to absolutely see some of the uh big promises that he advertised when he was running and that's really what i hope to see i really do hope to see some of what he's talked about and some of all the positive things he wanted to do I want to see them pay off. And if he gets a second term, like you said, I do think I will see some of them pay off. I think everybody will see some of them pay off. But I'm just wondering in what ways they're going to pay off and in what ways they're going to be hijacked. 
because in every good thing, there's always going to be a larger, a large group or a group of people or something that's going to attempt to hijack it. One thing the that I've seen. Minority. Yes, the vocal minority. And if one thing that I'm very concerned about because I've just seen it happening more and more, especially with like the closings for COVID and everything, is that the major corporations have increased in size since this has all started. They have just gone up, up, up. And in all of these stimulus relief bills and everything, it's just jam-packed with stuff that's meant to help these large corporations. It does help some small businesses. Some small businesses are being helped. But these corporations are just taking so much power and so much money. And I, one of my biggest fears with Donald Trump is that he's just going to let this keep happening and it's going to get to a point to where we have an oligarchy of uh, corporations that essentially have such a massive amount of power money. I mean, pretty much already there, but it, it will get to a point to where everything's going to have to come through Amazon or Walmart or some other business. And you're going to have to go through one of these businesses in order to start a business or to uh, transport something or to do anything, you're going to have to partner with these businesses. Because Amazon's pretty much already done that, where they have like uh, 50 sub-companies that just do everything. And that's one oh, of my yeah, biggest that, fears with him that I've seen. That That's an absolute yeah. fear. And you can blame Congress for that and the people that keep electing the same douchebags into Congress on that. And I sit there and I, oh, I'll definitely. ask you at at what point, because again, Congress is the one writing these rules. What would happen if Donald Trump didn't, what if he vetoed that? And there was actually a good line in there that actually helped the small businesses in whatever roundabout way. And he vetoes it. And then you got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer going out there going, well, he said you weren't allowed to have that. So now we got to come back and renegotiate and the Republicans are going to be douchebags and this and that. And it's the the game of politics and negotiating is disgusting. I hate it. Yes. 100 percent agree with that. You you have to there's a certain level where you have to play by the rules. You have to you have to blend in. And I'm sitting there. You know, maybe it's a stretch of a of a comparison, but you look at like uh, undercover police officers who actually get involved in gang activity and whatnot out there selling the gun, uh, guns and drugs, doing the drugs. Uh, how many uh, assaults or robberies are they involved in? Again, to get that, you have to get the documentation, you have to get the record, but you also have to partake on some level. Uh, to create that narrative or to get the message through. And maybe, again, maybe that's too far of a, of a stretch, too broad of a brush to paint something with, but I, I think there is some, some similarity in those two narratives. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, it's a compromise. You have to make a compromise of morals in order to, if you're going to play the game, that all of the other people are playing that you're trying to win or to change in your favor, you have to compromise something in order to stay in the game. And I get that, but it becomes, there just comes a point when it's like, are we compromising because we're still trying to get something or are we compromising for alter ulterior motives? Are we compromising just because we want to have something that we can point at in the next election and say, Hey, look what we did for you. Yeah. All that other stuff in there's bad, but look at that one line in there that helped you, you know, forget the 30 other pages that was, for nobody except for politicians and big businesses 
there was that little bit that was for you, you know, it's like we really got him. And it seems like a lot of the, not a lot, but there has been several cases where it seems like they're touting, the Trump administration is touting stuff that wasn't really, in my opinion, wins. It was more like, hey, look, we got a little bit of what we wanted, but we really compromised on all this other stuff, but we're going to tout this as a win. And that's not really why, that's not really what he campaigned on. He campaigned on, it's like, I'm going to do all this great stuff. And I know all politicians do that, but to me, it just kind of makes him seem like another politician, just with a less political background. Well, that again, that's understandable as well. And your fear on the big businesses winning out, uh, I say blame your governor on that for closing down the state or limiting uh, purchases. And I, I fully blame Jay Inslee on that uh, and this uh, excessive scare unit that he's got going on with the COVID. He's the one that's actually keeping all the businesses closed, whereas if I were to make a couple-hour drive, go over to Idaho, everything's open. I could shop at whoever I want, wherever I want, and not worry about it. Uh, it's... It's not all Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the president. The president is there to represent the United States as a whole on the global uh, neighborhood, whereas the people that your city council, your governor, those people run and control your the bit bigger aspects of your life than the president ever will. And that's another tip that people need to uh, remember that, again, as much focus as there is on Donald Trump, there is more in your back neighborhood that impacts you more directly than he ever will. Any president ever will. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that, too. I definitely think that the local politics that go on really affects stuff like local business and the way that um, just the way that your daily life is going to go, that everybody's daily life is mostly controlled by first uh, the mayor, then the governor, and then state senate, congress, and all that just going up the chain. But there's a certain point when it, the things that directly affect you are coming from your local government. But things like mostly just taxes, that's the biggest thing. If the if the federal government is taking money from you, like in the same way that you said, like it's going to like uh, your local politics are going to affect you more directly than federal politics ever are. I completely agree with that except for maybe if there was a draft. That would probably be about the only time that federal politics would really directly affect a person more than anything going on locally. But if the federal government is taxing a individual more, that is money that is basically disappearing from that individual or business and just going away. They're never really going to see that again. And if they do, it's going to come in some very strange form that they're going to tell you is a very good thing, but really it just disappeared and it went into the void. And you can try to figure out where your money went, but it's pretty much gone. And it's going to bail out stuff. Like, we're going to be paying on the Obama bailouts for, um, what was it, Franny, the, the 2008 bailouts. We're going to be paying on that. We pay federal taxes on that until, I think, 2030-something. And it's just to help out corporations. It's just to help out these big businesses. And that's what really concerns me is that it's going to get to a point to where we're just going to see more and more of the money and the, everything that a person tries to build for themselves just disappear into the federal void. And I don't think that's something that I have seen decrease very much. I don't think it's increased a lot. I think under other people, especially Hillary, it would have gotten worse. But it has not decreased the way that I wanted it to see. 
individual freedom has I not am a high-priced Washington lobbyist peddling influence. <laughs> Who wants candy? <laughs> no, no, you make a good point. Uh, let's let's audit the Fed. Let's audit the the Pentagon. Yes. I want to see where some of my tax dollars are going. Uh, Absolutely. I feel I feel my state wastes a bit more than the federal. We all chip in on the federal, but I've got no problem auditing and double checking everything because I know that there's plenty of shenanigans about. And then, you know, that'll loop us right back around to actively involve yourself in voting some of these turds out of Congress, Senate or uh, House and get some new people in, get some fresh eyes on it. And if they don't make a good enough uh, point get get the job uh, the ball rolling fast enough vote them out get someone else in i want you know like i said i want active fluctuation within this pile of turd the only way manure works is if you uh cycle through it and rotate it well you're right that the pentagon needs audited i mean the fed obviously too uh ron paul 2012 <laughs> but uh no, uh, uh no the uh the pentagon like has admitted multiple times that they've "Quote unquote misplaced trillions of dollars, and that was hilarious. And it's gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> yeah, and you got like uh, receipts from like the army and stuff where they pay like ten grand for a hammer. It's yeah. like, what in the world? Where does this actually go? There's no way the guy that made that hammer actually got that money. Where's this? Where's this money go? That's that's government uh, contracting for you though. Whereas in a, a regular business, you have to fluctuate your prices to affect customers coming in so that way you can keep them coming in. You can make a little tiny 10% profit or whatever. Maybe that's a lot. You can, you can make money and keep chiseling away. Whereas with the government on all levels, they sit there and go, well, we need more money and we can't lower prices. So we're just going to increase taxes. And that's all they do. They don't they don't actively cut and shave where they need to. And then, granted, they have their end-of-year budgets and they splurge on everything to make sure that they hit those numbers so they get the same amount of money the next year. But it again, it's not... Their, the government's pocketbook is limitless when it comes to us slaves because, all they have again, all they have to do is raise taxes and then we'll influx some more money and we'll reduce the value of the dollar and now... Oh well, I guess we have to increase taxes again. It's a it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And if the government were to run a little bit more like a business and say, well, we can't out we can't empty the pockets of the people that are paying the bills more or less, and uh, just shave it back, we're in agreement. Hmm. Wait, Billy, you brought up um, state income tax. I guess it's in uh, Washington, but that that's the beautiful. No, I'll go ahead. There's there's no there's no state income tax just yet. We have a ten percent oh, okay. sales tax, and at the end of uh, this year, if uh, Lord J. Fucking Inslee gets back in, he <laughs> will be pushing for an income tax because his arrogant spending habits. He he made no cuts whatsoever, and he only uh, stopped a raise on like one percent of the uh, state government. Stopped a raise, and now he's putting in furloughs, whereas at the beginning of this, I could have told you, put in furloughs, take a cut, because this is going to hurt. And he just kept spending money, and like I said, now we're going to be in a like $10 million deficit or whatever that we have to make up, and the only way to make that up 
well, we'll only tax the rich. And in Seattle, they passed a jobs tax where anybody making $150,000 or more pays into this fund to quote unquote jumpstart Seattle. And what that's going to do is it's going to make everybody leave because I don't know if you know this, but Seattle, $150,000 is barely going to get you by. That's nowhere close to minimum wage, but it starts at the top and it'll work its way down because, well, we didn't make enough money from the people at $150,000 plus because they all moved out. So now we have to actually lower the bar. We'll only lower it down to 125 and then it's down to 100 And then before you know it, everybody's paying the income tax. And how do you get rid of it? It's not going away. We rely on that money because that's how we budgeted it uh, for the next year. Well, that's the beauty of states' rights and why they should override. And luckily, like when we see cannabis legalization, they do override federal law. Uh, under the Obama administration, of course, they tried to send the DEA in to stop that. But eventually enough people talked shit about Obama's administration doing that, that they stopped doing it. But that's the beauty of states' rights. It's... Um, like, like you, uh, Tennessee, no state income tax. Ohio, there is state income tax, but food doesn't get taxed at all. Because I remember, like, as a kid in Ohio, you you walk in and buy something like a five dollar foot long. It's five dollars even. There's no tax on food, and and it's not just tax laws. Like the like, it's the same reason even Joe Rogan now has, is fleeing California. Elon Musk is fleeing California. They're both moving to Texas. The states having their own ability to make their own laws is a giant part of what makes this country great. Yeah, oh, real quick about the state income taxes. North Carolina has a 2% state income tax and a 7% sales tax. So Ugh, North Carolina is yuck. not a great place to do business or to work. <laughs> oh, thank you for your courage. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I think it's the tourists mostly why they do all that, but yeah, I had to pay $4 to North Carolina last year. Well, we, it, we, we just bought a house, so we're going to have to start thinking about property tax. And I know Tennessee, I don't know what the rate is, but I know that's a factor now. I don't think it's too bad in Tennessee. I think it's yeah. only like, it's a small percentage. California is but the yeah. worst. I mean, it's like, a thir it's, I think it's over 30% the state income tax. Something crazy like that. Good Lord. Uh, I couldn't afford to no live if I had to pay 30% to the state. Yeah. You just go live on the beach. Be a bum. Here are out <laughs> uh, in the, the liberal bum. cities, man. You could just, you tent wherever. I beach remember fire. 10 years ago or so, I'd frequent downtown Seattle. I'd go hang out with a buddy who worked down there. And you go, you see your bums, whatever. And then I took like a three or four year break and uh, came back in. And all of a sudden, there's tents everywhere. And now there's even more tents now than there, there was at that point. And it's just going... What happened? And it's the, it's, you know, people are down on their luck. You can't, you can't harass them. And poor management of city funds and, and trying to actually affect people's outcomes that don't want to be lifted up. Uh, but yeah, if, if you can't afford it, buy a tent, go down to uh, the local food bank and, and you're good. Seattle will take <laughs> care of you. The government will take care wow. of you. Wow. Wow. I don't know if I would consider that the government taking care of me, more like forgetting about me. <laughs> that's, 
Oh, no, no. To... Uh, they they take care of you because they won't even send the police in there because uh, that's got something to do with the, something about civil rights and, you know, drug camps. And if you ride a bicycle in downtown Seattle, you better have that thing locked up 10 ways to Sunday because those homeless camps will take your bicycle, disassemble it, and sell it for parts. And that's how they make Jeez. their money. Shit, my, dude, my bike back in the day got stolen from a church parking lot in Kingston, Tennessee. So I can't even imagine what it's like in an actual big city. Kingston's well, about as small like as it I is. Said, this, Seattle, rich people, people out here have $10,000 bikes. Not just every other person. It's almost every person. <laughs> Everybody out here is a professional bicyclist. There are wow. bicycles that cost ten grand. And more. And I, more. I, that it, blows my mind. I've never even spent that much on a car. No, not I the only ten grand I've spent on a car is over the course of the years of owning it. Right. Never all at once. That's nuts. But yeah. Wow. Ten thousand dollar bicycle. You gotta have Man, they, like, no wonder people are stealing them. Like, <laughs> if you're... Yeah, break it down, sell that thing for parts, probably get an easy, what, five grand out of it? Like, 50% to 10 grand? Yeah, and all Jeez. you had to do was smoke a bowl of meth and get out your screwdrivers. <laughs> get that <laughs> get that motivation going and then just start stealing. Wow. That's crazy that, like, the cops won't even, like, I mean... Won't even, uh, from what I've heard, like they openly will do drugs and the cops won't do anything about it. Now, I have literally been harassed before by police because I was like standing outside at night doing nothing at all. But what was that? Podcaster down. Oh. Total, total, <laughs> Podcaster total, down. Totally, total, total, total providence. I am walking home. I find myself on the street. I am rarely on, and look what I obtained for a mere $50. What is it? Oh, this would be an 18-speed bike of the all-terrain variety. I noticed it in a neighbor's yard, and I acquired, as to its availability, they have four of them. So I made a cash <laughs> offer of $50. They acquiesced. They actually threw in these lemon-yellow racing pants. They actually even hoisted it over the fence for me, which I found to be very... Neighborly. Well, that's weird. I didn't know you could get an 18-speed bike nearly new for $50. It's amazing what you can get for $50. I'll give you 60 right now, no questions asked. You know, this <laughs> bike looks a lot like the bike that this girl lives across the street from me had that got ripped off about a month ago. This bike could be hot. They probably jacked it, these hoister friends of yours. Sure they did. I mean, if they've got four and selling it that cheap. Right? You should at least show it to her so she can see if it's hers. Yeah, okay, I can do that, but this is a boy's bike, okay? So it can't be, not to invalidate your intuition, but it's not possible. Thank you. Why do you say it's an 18-speed when it only has nine gears? Huh? What? Yeah, yeah. Six right here, three at the other end of the chain. Six plus three equals nine. It's a nine-speed bike. Yeah, but even a nine-speed bike for 50 bucks, <laughs> you still got a good deal. Okay, those guys told me it was 18 speeds. I just got griefed. I just got... Wait. Wait. Now I count eight. Six here, and then two in the front. That makes eight. What do you think happened to the missing gears? Think? I know. 
They were probably working on it, these gypsy grifters, with improper tools and no technical knowledge, no understanding of reverse engineering. And when they attempted to reassemble it, they panicked. They got scared and they left nine orphan gears. They're just laying on the floor. They're probably still there on the floor of the garage. Let's just go rescue the orphan gears, dude. Don't you see that that's part of the plan? They're going to try to sell them to me, not give them to me as they rightfully should have, as included in part of the original sale price. Oh, my God, there's no telling what else they have. Switched. Yeah, but all of if all of us go together, oh, they'll 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 give them back. Oh, you bet they will. Oh, you bet they will. Let's just go as a team. Okay? Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure there are only nine gears on this bike? Eight. Okay, eight, nine, whatever. Don't you think that before we go over and accuse and start some shit, we should find out for sure? Absolutely right, Donna. Who do we know who's an authority on this type of bike? Oh. Oh. We are all way too close to this. There's only one thing we can do to thwart the plot of these albino shape-shifting lizard bitches. We are going to take this bike outside, ask the first person we see. We're going to introduce some novelty. That way we get an objective viewpoint. Yeah, I'm fine, but I'm eagle! <laughs> oh, God bless it. That was good. <laughs> good so as movie. far as... Uh... The police harassing, it's more on what the city council of Seattle has mandated that the cops are and are not allowed to do. And uh, the city's uh, a prosecuting attorney uh, will not prosecute misdemeanors. So what's the point in arresting someone? You're not. Uh, they're not going to prosecute if you have a personal supply amount of drugs on you. Is that so the same thing a lot of California's deal- doing where it's like... Theft over one or theft under one thousand dollars, they don't worry about it. Theft, property damage, whatever. Yeah, they're not going to. Which only hurts poor that. people. Only hurts the poor people that can't afford a thousand dollars being stole from. Yeah, and uh, and so with the like the so personal crazy. drug possession, your drug dealers only carry enough for a personal supply. Sell that walk around the corner, go get a re-up on their supply from their stash box or wherever, come back out on the corner, wait for the next purchase. So it's the the politics wow. here and, and the, the choice in the active enforcement on things is a disaster. Like uh, with Chaz and Chop, the, uh, the mayor told the uh, police chief to stand down. And let the people move in and take that. That wasn't the police chief's choice. And it's it's a disaster yeah. here. Okay, but what I have a problem figuring out is who does this benefit? I mean, the homeless people, I guess, somewhat because they're not getting harassed. But that's about it. But that doesn't really seem to benefit the the mayor or anybody in politics at all. Because these, benef- are these people even going to vote? <laughs> no, it, it benefits it seems- the uh, it benefits the. The people that fund the uh, mayor, the the Soroses of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, the corporations, the Jeff Bezos, the Tim Cooks, because think about it: if an Apple store gets raided and the theft is under a thousand dollars, or if Tim Cook's car gets broken into and the theft is under a thousand dollars, it doesn't get prosecuted. People like you or me, if that happened to us, a thousand dollars is a big deal, and it's going to really affect us. So this is a rule yeah. for the elites that been, that basically makes it to where if a poor people if poor people get robbed, it's not prosecutable. But if um, 
the Amazon warehouse gets robbed and it's under $1,000, they can easily uh, afford that. Not only that, but their insurance probably covers it. So this is a rule that affects poor people, but not the elite. Well, you there's also the point, I would recommend watching a Netflix uh, series called Wild Wild Country about That's really Rajneesh good. Parang. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. that, yeah. 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 yeah we, and yeah. so that right there, they imported all those people into their town to affect the local vote. Uh, they became active uh, registered voters here in Seattle. If you're homeless and you apply at a, a homeless support station or wherever, you get your address. And since everything is mail-in voting, you get your ballot mailed to you. As well as there was a story uh, maybe a year ago about one of these people who runs the homeless uh, city-sponsored uh, city homeless camps where they give them, you know, a heated place and, and water and a, pl a safe mm. place to stay. And because these people don't have jobs, they were actively told to go to the city council meetings and make a ruckus, make the quote-unquote voice heard of the people uh, that happens at uh, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning when regular people have to work and can't attend these things. And so... The only people that get their voice heard are the homeless uh, supported individuals who revolve around city government and city uh, assistance. <laughs> and so there's there's part of your the question that you have. Oh, I see. So they're just the ones who get heard the most. So they think, oh, this represents the whole population or a majority of the population. But can the yep, but can they actually less. vote if they have to do mail in voting? How how can they vote if they, they don't have addresses? Back to, no, you do have an address if you're at a city-sponsored uh, encampment. Oh, you use oh you can use that. Oh wow, oh wow, that seems shady. That just that doesn't seem legal. <laughs> oh wow, it, you're over eighteen. You you're not a felon. You have a mailing address. You're registered to vote. I mean, what's the problem? What's the question? Hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, I see. Oh, and that would also make sense as to why they wouldn't want to prosecute drug charges because there's a lot of like minor drug charges that end up being felonies. Yep. And if they become a felon, then they couldn't vote. Oh, wow. Wow. Roping Welcome to Seattle. In. Oh, geez. I will probably stay over here on the East Coast then. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. They say the West is the best, but uh, when it comes to within the United States, um, I I tend to not take that to heart. No, I miss Tennessee. Tennessee's a beautiful state. Did my fair share of camping in the Appalachians, and yeah, what, uh, I've what, got what, the golden can. Hmm? Yeah. What year? What year did you live in Tennessee? Or what? What time uh, frame? I left at the end of the nineties. Oh so, wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was uh, I was about four years old then. So. Oh, so you didn't get to see them rebuild downtown Knoxville? No. No, I it might have just gotten started. I've done my fair share of visits to the Sun Sphere and, mm. and whatnot. But yeah, they have uh it. they've completely redone downtown. Like it you like because uh, I can remember um I was back in the early two thousands, uh the first time I really saw it, and I mean like it is it is night and day compared to now. Like it is completely redone. It's actually livable now. 
crazy. Yeah. And Kane's the mayor now, so it's like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to live there? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Kane. What is it? Is it the, the Undertaker's brother? The, the Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> Son of the that's Devil, Kane the, the Undertaker's brother, Kane. Is that From Glenn? parts unknown. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. Is that is that Kane? Why is he wearing a suit? I think he's running for mayor. It made me so happy when he won mayor of Knox County. Friday night smackdown. Oh, yeah. I still Monday follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I guess city he's council meetings are pretty stuff. exciting then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, he's choke slam it all. He's of his an opposition. interesting candidate because he's against NSA spying. He's he's ran as a Republican, but he's pretty libertarian. He's against NSA spying. He's pro decriminalization of weed. He's uh he's an interesting. I don't know. I think and he's also um even though Knox County impl or Knox Knoxville and uh, Farragut and these other towns implemented mandatory masks, like Glenn Jacobs publicly said. As the county mayor of Knoxville, I am going to make sure that these uh, mandatory mask laws aren't enforced. So he's he's an interesting uh, guy, and I'm glad he's in there with all this crazy shit going on. And he's got a really good um, uh, financial stance, too, because I can remember back, um, oh, I don't remember how long. I was probably only like 12 or 13 or something like that. I went to see a seminar that he did on Austrian economics which I'm still not exactly sure what Austrian economics are, but it was pretty much just complete fiscal responsibility. It was all about not going into debt, only spending the money you have, figuring out ways to increase the money you have without increasing taxes and being efficient as possible. I thought right. it was really cool coming from like a guy who I saw, you know, chokeslam a bunch of guys while he was really sweaty. <laughs> Make that guy president. Yeah. Kane, 2024. Kane, 2024. Vice President Vince McMahon. <laughs> it was uh, when, when we had Pat Militich, uh, the UFC guy, on. He was our first guest on here, and he said we were talking about whether or not Trump's for real or if it's all like a show. And he said he thinks Trump's for real, but he's like at the same time, Trump taught Vince McMahon how to be Vince McMahon, <laughs> so it could all be an act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in WrestleMania. Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, that's why I have trouble too. It's like, like I, for entertainment value, Trump is perfect. Like, I really can't picture a more entertaining president. Yeah, but even Kanye is hard to just, beat. Trump. That'd be a little. I think Kanye, a president Kanye, would be like half the time he'd be really fun, and the other half of the time he'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't mean to derail your point, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Trump like is he could be either Trump way. is the most entertaining whether or not any real change is happening and I would argue that as far as our first line of defense against China our first line of defense against globalism Trump is a breath of fresh air on that front because he's clearly not for those things and is actively yeah, fighting against it didn't push us any further towards it anyways no uh, actually nice. uh, with that tax break that happened a year or two ago, uh, mm -hmm. There was an incentive for businesses to start up in the central states. And so if you had the wherewithal to start up a factory or whatnot, uh, again, there's that tax incentive to start a business in the lesser populated areas. 
to get people out and moving over there. Was this a 10D chess move? I don't think so. I think it was just a healthy thing to do for the country. And so it, it, it should play into our favor within this whole uh, pulling out of the globalism aspect of things. Definitely. I mean, you mm-hmm. got to have, if you're going to be a, a, a competitive power economically, you got to make something. You got to sell something. You got to have something to sell. And manufacturing facilities are the best thing you could possibly have. It's not necessarily great work, but it's high paying work that, and it actually uh, directly attributes to a baseline of an economy. I think agriculture is probably about the only other thing that's more baseline to an economy than uh, manufacturing. Which yeah, pretty we much can got clean that up on the, lock. We can clean up the agricultural uh, payouts as well. We can pay people oh, not yeah. to uh, actually throw away produce, maybe actually donate yeah. it bring down the cost of things. Not all corn needs to be turned into fuel, but at the same time, maybe we can find a way to turn that into a new type of plastic or whatnot. Definitely. Yeah, monocropping, especially for corn, that's kind of like outdated at this point. Like something new needs to happen there. Figure out something else. A little bit of ingenuity. We got a lot of smart people in the world. We got a lot of available opportunity to those of us within the United States and all people have to do is granted it's a it's a not a little step it's a big jump but take that first step and you know try your hand big businesses don't uh, succeed overnight they don't grow overnight they take a little bit of care and and ingenuity but it can happen someone else can be the next Bezos don't want another Bezos prefer getting rid of this one as far as control goes but you know that's the american dream you got the ability as long as you're willing and able to take that step it's not as easy for everybody but it is there the greatest goddamn fucking country on earth america fuck yeah come in again see the motherfucking d yeah Praise Dale and raise hell. Fuck Kyle Bush. <laughs> Fuck Kyle Bush. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, shoot. Thanks again, Billy, for being here. This was yeah, a good thanks, chat. Billy. Yeah, come on back again. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, Billy's website and his SoundCloud will be linked in the show notes. And Billy, I hope B-I-L-L-Y. you'll. Uh, B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-N, the number three S. Yes. Dot com. Billy Bones with a three and seven E. Yeah, uh, and then I'll yeah, I'll have your uh, SoundCloud linked and I'll uh I'll pick out a couple of your uh songs or mixes off your SoundCloud to put here at the end of the episode. And uh, everything you're doing will be linked in the show notes, your podcast, your SoundCloud, your website, and keep it up, man, because you're doing the Lord's work. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time. We will most definitely have to talk again. For sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, this has been Abs in a Six Pack. I have been Chris Arnold. I've been Caleb Stevenson. And I've been Billy Bones. Billybones.com with a three where the E should be. And uh, enjoy these mixes by Billy. Hit it. Back to the bomb. 
You know how if you smoke weed, how music can sound different? Yeah. It's a trip. Pizza. Oh, that's where you get the bong. I got the bong. Hey, man. I'm a like a lightweight. <laughs> can I have a little waist up? Did anyone see you in this state? No, I'm I'm going to go listen to Rihanna. It's Alex Jones here. I've heard the New World Order has made its move. It's a New World Order conspiracy. This is a major inflection point in the history, not only of the United States Constitution, but of Anglo-Saxon common law going all the way back to the Magna Carta. Conspiracy. We are seeing a curtailment of human rights here. First they came for Alex Jones, and I said nothing because I was Alex Jones. Conspiracy. We have access to a number of platforms. They removed us from Twitter. They removed us from Facebook. They ruined We're still on Tinder. We are incredibly undateable, but we have 200,000 followers on Tinder. We always swipe right. You can find me on Twitch, folks. I will be on Twitch. I will be live streaming games of Cuphead, where I will be a playable demon. I am the demon. We're on MySpace! We're on Friendster! You will find the truth! Ah!